Amen. Well, guys, it's good to be with you tonight. How's everyone doing? I bet you guys are wondering, what and who, who, where are these guys from? What are they doing? Yeah, so my name is Matt, and uh, we got a crew here with us tonight from uh, J-Hop Hilltop Church, and we just, uh, yeah, we just wanted to come and worship with you guys. You know, it's so cool to see what God is doing across New England um, in different regions like this, and I'm just so encouraged by uh, just what you guys have going on. We're in the back praying. Um, I can't remember his name, but there, uh, there was a brother. Joe, yeah. <laughs> Y'all know Joe. Man, Joe's something serious. We were praying, and I promise when Joe was praying, it was like Joe was just reading my diary. I was just like, how is, I was like, I was trying to look at a look. I was like, look, did you talk to him or something? Like, does he know? What? But uh, man, just the spirit of God is so strong in this place. And, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe covered it all. It was, it was good. Uh, but just the spirit of God is so strong in this place. It, you know, it just feels like home. And God's been doing this thing where we've been going to uh, different houses of prayer and different uh, communities. And it just feels like family. And I'm so thankful. You know, it's just uh, it doesn't take long with believers to feel like, like home. So I'm just so thankful for what you guys have been, you know, I, I go back to what Pastor said. This is, uh, this is good ground. <laughs> And uh, I'm so thankful for uh, what you guys have been plowing in this region. But um, I'm just going to share very quickly um, about what we're doing. So uh, my name is Matt, and uh, I think it's always appropriate to share your testimony before you share what you do, just so people get a sense of who you are. So I'll share a little bit about what I'm doing and a little bit about what our team is doing. So um, I am not from New England. Yep, you guessed right. I'm not from New England. I'm from Texas, actually. And, uh, and crazy story. So four years ago... Um, I found myself an undergrad. I was studying accounting, and I, I took two months to fast and pray before I graduated. I was serving at a church, uh, working with youth, and also cleaning toilets. That's a leadership training, guys. Cleaning toilets, man. It, uh, it's stewards, it does something to your heart that uh, just, you know, getting up preaching on a Sunday can't do. So um, if you clean toilets here, keep going. Keep doing it. Keep doing what the Lord is calling you to. So I was cleaning toilets and serving youth, and... Um, and, and I took two months to fast and pray. You know, I, one thing I didn't want to do is I didn't just want to, you know, choose a career. And a lot of people, what they do is they go to school, they do the four-year route, and they say, all right, you know, I studied uh, biology, so I'm going to be a chemist. I think that's a very natural thing that we do because I think in this world, you know, a lot of us, since we're born, we try to fight for value. We try to fight for something that we believe in. And so I was like, Lord, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to you know, I want to fulfill your dream. I want to fulfill the dream of your heart. So took two months to fast and pray. And I heard the Lord say, if I called you to Boston, would you go? I said, yes, Lord, I'll go wherever you send me. And that was crazy for a couple of reasons. One, I'm a Texas boy. I've been out of the state of Texas three times in my life. <laughs> and none of those three times was to Boston. It was like one to Louisiana and a couple to Louisiana. That was it. And uh, so not well traveled at all. And I was like, Lord, you know, if you call me, I'll go wherever you call me to go. And I said, but Lord, I just pray that you confirm it. And so um, I'm not going to be too long, but some crazy things. I was praying, and uh, I said, Lord, I don't want it to come through a pastor or through a worship leader. Lord, I want you to send someone off the street, someone that I wouldn't be reluctant to listen to. And uh, we were doing this conference at our church um, down in Houston, and we were breaking down tables, and I was just doing the normal thing. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, God, I was, I was expecting that you were going to speak to me tonight, and it, it didn't happen. But I was like, Lord, I believe that you're going to send him. And Sure enough, this guy comes in the door, walking in the door, and he says, hey, we don't have a lot of time. The Lord wants me to speak some very specific things to you. And I said, all right, this is it, Lord. My ears are open. <laughs> and 
and uh, he grabbed me by the hand and um, basically gave me the clearest prophetic word I've ever received in my life. I mean, it was just like I'm talking to you. He said, hey, you know, God is, God, the Lord has spoken to you, Boston, and he's getting ready to commission you. He said he's getting ready to send you to the nation that he has given you a vision for the campuses, and it is him, and so go. And basically he spoke some other things about my wife. I wasn't married at the time, wasn't thinking about marriage. I got married five months ago, so, like, the Lord has just been fulfilling this word um, all the way through. So long story short, three months later, find myself in Boston, find myself here. And God spoke two things to me um, before coming, to, com- coming here. One, he spoke Harvard University, and the second thing was he spoke the campuses. Um, I don't know if you, many of you guys have read in John 4, it talks about uh, the Samaritan woman. And the Samaritan woman was going to the well. She was going to Jacob's well to get some water, and she encounters Jesus there. And essentially, Jesus says, hey, can I have some, give me some water? And the Samaritan woman says, hey, you are a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Like, this shouldn't be happening. Why are you communicating with me? And basically, Jesus says, if you knew the one that was asking you, you would grant requests because I desire to give you living water. Long story short, Jesus peers into this lady's life and uh, tells her revelation about herself. Says, you know, he says, go home and tell your husband. He said, in fact, you have many husbands. And uh, she said, I perceive you to be a prophet. And, uh, you know, and she still didn't get it. And then through uh, this encounter with Jesus, she goes back to her community, ends up being one of, I think, in biblical history, one of the greatest missionaries we've ever seen to go back and to change her locality. And we're believing that God wants to do that to the campuses. We're believing that instead of students coming to Harvard, to MIT, to these great campuses of the Northeast, that they would actually be places of encounter where they would encounter Jesus. Just like, they, just like the woman came, seeking water. She had a need. She was seeking water. But instead, she encountered the living God. And, guys, we're starting to see it. You know, uh, it's funny. The, the language here is so similar um, to the things that God has been speaking to our heart that, you know, the time is now. We believe that the Lord is looking to awaken this region. We believe strongly that the Lord is looking to call sons and daughters by his name. You know, in, sec- in Second Corinthians, he says he looks for those to strongly endorse himself into, those to entrust himself into. And those are heavy words. When the Lord says, I'm looking, I'm searching, my eyes are searching the earth to entrust myself into someone. That, is, that means God is looking for something. And we believe that, we believe he's looking in this region, he's looking at the campuses. So, so just like the Samaritan woman, so what we're doing, what our team is doing for the whole year, of 2017, we're doing just that. We're saying, Lord, use us. God, use us as Caleb to Joshua's. You know, we believe that God has impregnated this generation with the word. You know, we're, we're such dreamers, millennials. You guys know that. We're such dreamers. We, but the thing is, we're short on gas sometimes. You know, we want to conquer the world in two days. And then on day three, we're just like, ah, you know, I guess we'll go back to, you know, going back on Facebook. But we're, we're, we're really coming to say, we're really coming to say, guys, don't abort the promise that the Lord has spoken to you and he has given you a promise for the campuses. Do not abort. So really, we see ourselves as midwives to the body. I've never been pregnant. How many of you guys have been pregnant? It's, it, I bet it's an intense process, right? There's times you go through, you're just like, Lord, nine months? How long am I going to carry this child? And so we believe that the students are impregnated. We believe that God has spoken his word and that the word is releasing this out and that students are, there's something stirring on the campuses. We believe their heart is ready. And so we want to come alongside as midwives to say, continue to run, brothers and sisters. Continue to run after the promise. And so there's a couple of things we believe that God wants to do with this. One, we believe he wants to bring unity amongst campus fellowships on the campus. 
Guys, it's crazy how much polarity is on the campus. One, camp, one, one campus group believes in this, another campus group believes in that. And they're all Christian, but then they, they don't interface with each other. You know that word in Psalms where it says, in unity I command a blessing? We're fighting for that unity. We're saying, guys, John 17, the Lord was praying. He said, Lord, I pray that you would make them one as we are one, meaning the Lord's word for unity has been released. It's just time for us to walk in it. You can, the thing I love about the word is you can grab hold of scripture as promise and say, God, you spoke this, you desire this, Lord, do it again. Do it again. And so that's what we're doing. That's one thing we believe he wants to do. The second thing is we believe that God wants to connect the campus fellowships to the local church. We think it's so important. Barnabas is to Paul, Caleb's to Joshua's. We think it's so important that the church and the campuses walk in unity. I can't tell you how many students I talk to that consider their campus fellowship as their home church. And then a couple years go, go later, they have a couple of impasses with sin, and then they're not walking with the Lord anymore. And we believe those four times are analogous to the nine months of pregnancy. We believe those four, I'm sorry, not four times, four years. We believe those four years are imperative. That God has called these students, not there for an education, but actually to change the course of history. Guys, God has done it before. The crazy thing is before I got here, the Lord was speaking to me about the campuses. I knew nothing about the student volunteer missions movement. Didn't study it. We just studied Texas history. We studied about the Alamo and stuff like that. I knew nothing about God coming and changing the hearts of, of students and missionaries being sent to China by the droves. You know, just a short testimony. We have a, a, guy, a young guy in our community, um, part of our college group. Got saved six months ago. The Lord radically has changed his heart. Now he's going to China as a missionary. You know, we just, it's, it's one story of many. We, we went to Northeastern to do an outreach, and we're encountering students that have never heard of the name Jesus, let alone never heard of prayer, don't even know what a church is. We say, can we pray for you? They say, what is prayer? And we say, wow, okay, well, let's, let's will, will it back a little bit. But we're seeing them accept the Lord as their Savior. That's the crazy thing. And we're seeing them get plugged into churches. We're seeing them get discipled and say, you know, I was talking to this girl. Her name is Yin Yin from China who came over here to study at Northeastern. And she says, you know what, Matt? I, I've been praying. Like, I wonder. I knew something was calling me to come to this city. She said I had many options for school. I had many options. But something was calling me. She says, now that I talked to you, I believe it was God calling me for this. I believe he was calling me to introduce himself to me because I didn't know him in China. I had never heard of him. But now that I see he's real. This is the God that we serve. 1040 window is no longer overseas. Guys, it's in our backyard. There's students everywhere looking, hungry, thirsty, just like the woman at the well. They don't know what they're thirsty for. They're saying, we want something more. We want something tangible. We want something more. What they're thirsty for is Jesus. And so we're asking um, different regions to partner with us in prayer, to partner with us in unity. You know, I, I believe that through Awaken, that the Lord is going to awaken the hearts of the college campuses. We're going to see a mission-sending movement unlike we've ever seen before. I truly believe in this time. And I'm not saying that to boast. I'm not saying that we're going to be on the cusp. I'm saying it's a, it's a unity thing. It's a body thing. It's something that God is doing now. You know, we, I got a call the other day from um, one of my mentors who's um, he's on, on, on a mission trip with Todd White. And he called me. He said, Matt, he said, I don't know what you guys are doing up there, but the Lord is saying, you guys are midwives. The Lord is saying that you guys are going to the campus. I was like, let me tell you what we're doing. Like, this is just so cool that the Lord would confirm his word that way. But if you guys can turn quickly with me to Acts chapter 2. I'm just going to read a little bit about what we're going for. So Acts chapter 2, verse 1. 
It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all gathered together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, uh, Philgri and Pomphylium, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to the Crene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and, and pros, proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own languages the mighty works of God, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked. They were all filled with, with new wine. We're praying that when we do these meetings, we don't have anything special. I don't think we're special people. I think, I think the Holy Spirit, I think one thing I think we're doing is in Matthew 9, 38, it says, therefore, pray, Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers to the harvest field. I truly believe that the prayers that you guys have been praying in this region and that the houses of prayer have been praying in Boston for the last 10 years for the campuses, God is actually tipping over that seraphim and saying, I'm going to release my word over the campuses. So I truly believe that our group, our company is not some fling and flash in the pan that we're actually riding on the prayers of the body in this time. And guys, what we are praying for, we're praying Acts 2. We're praying that God, as we gather, that God would mark the hearts of these students. That God would, because the thing is, we, we're not going to be the ones that pastor them. I'm not going to be in Philadelphia. We're going all across the Northeast. I have, we can't, we have no way of continuing to go back to each campus. But the thing is, God is going to raise up faithful ones. He's raising up Daniels, Joshua's, on those campuses, Davids that are going to carry his word unto the ends of the earth. So we're asking you guys to pray with us that God would release his word in this hour and that we would see a mission-sending movement unlike any other time in history. So will you guys pray with us? Will you guys continue to pray with us as we go? You know, we're not trying to do this alone. We're partnering with different ministries. We're part of J-Hop Boston and Hilltop, and we're also partnering with some other ministries, some other houses of prayer in YOM Boston. Um, to really see this thing through. So we're asking you guys, we're asking the body to continue to contend for us because it's your prayers that we're going off of. Matthew 9, 38 says, therefore, pray. He didn't say therefore, go. He says, pray. Because it's the prayer, it's the sending. It's when we ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And he says, you know what? I send them. Go. Go. And we believe now that his word is released to go. Amen. Thank you guys so much for letting me share. really do appreciate it. Yeah. Amen. Huh? Oh, yeah, we got a video. Let's play that video. Forgot about the video. I'm going to sit down while the video plays.
This time, it's different. This time, we're hungry. This time, we want it. More. More than just the thought of it. We want God himself. No flash, no show, just Jesus. This hunger must be shared. We must continue to burn for the things of God in intercession. We run with fervency, praying, Lord of the harvest, send laborers, send them, that they may go to the campuses and mark history like it's never been marked before. It's time for hunger to awaken on the campuses again. It's time for dorm room intercession to be birthed. It's time for God to show up, wreck the scene, and leave a preponderance of evidence, his fragrance, and his name feeding on the hearts of students. This time, it's different. This time, we're hungry. This time, we want it more, more than just the thought of it. We want to be awakened. We want God himself. All right. So um, if I, before we going to something else. I want to invite Peter Kim uh, to come up. Yes, may Peter Kim come up. Peter is the guy that was in the video. <laughs> she might recognize his face. There he is. Yeah. Uh, Peter's an awesome guy. He's uh, actually um, part of our intercessor team who's been praying and uh, on days on end for the tour and been praying that God would release his heart. And uh, for, the whole, for 40 days from January 15th to February 23rd, uh, we've been fasting um, as a company for God to release his word on the campuses. And so um, Peter's going to share a little bit about a, an event we have coming up on the 23rd. And uh, I'm going to pass it on to him now. Yeah, so on February 23rd, um, for it's the longest, large, the, uh, what is it? The most, the longest prayer meeting in America happens on the last February, the last Thursday of every February. And this Thursday, or this year, um, we've been praying and fasting, where do we want to meet? Because we believe it's significant. So like Matt was saying, January 15th to February 23rd. Last year, we prayed and fasted for those 40 days. We went to Harvard, um, believing that the first university in America God would use to raise up again, ministers to be sent again. So this year, we were just praying and fasting. I was actually praying with um, one of my spiritual mothers, and we just felt in Northfield. And just the whole history, I don't know if you guys know about it, in 1886, um, D.L. Moody, one of the great evangelists, he had a conference with 251 students, and 100 of them actually pledged themselves to the foreign mission field. And with those 100, it became the Mount Hermon 100, and it, it was the birthing, movement, the birthing moment of the student volunteer movement. So after this year, we just felt, and... Um, two or a year and a half ago, I would I would just hear um, in my quiet times, Moody's 100, Moody's 100, 
And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. And then this past year, um, in 2016, me and a couple of other b- buddies of mine, we were fasting, and then we felt the Cambridge Seven, the Cambridge Seven, and we're like, what is a Cambridge Seven? It's when D.L. Moody went to Cambridge, England. He preached, and seven students, or most of them were students, uh, pledged themselves to China for the rest of their lives. So now leading up, we felt Northville. And we just felt it's so significant that we're going, after 40 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to the very campus where the student volunteer movement happened. And like Matt was saying, like a question began to just burn in our hearts, like, Lord, what you did in 1886, can we not expect a greater move of the Holy Spirit today? So, yeah, we just want you to join us on that night. It's, um, we're not doing this for Awaken, uh, for any of our own names or recognitions. We just want God to come. We want to see, we truly believe we're on the birthing moment of another student volunteer movement. So we're gathering at that very same place where it first started. So, yeah. Amen. So, guys, I I just even want to invite you guys to pray for us now. We're going to go into a time of prayer. If you guys could, I want you to find three people around you and just grab hold of. If you don't know them, just say hi. Just get their name. It's always good to be friendly in church. <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to actually pray for uh, the state of New Hampshire. Um, the first prayer point, the first segment is we're going to pray that God would release his word over the campuses in New Hampshire, Colby Sawyer, UNH, SNHU that students would be marked for his glory to be sent to the ends of the earth. So I want you guys, even if you know students by name, or even if you're a student here, I want you guys just to start to pray uh, for the campuses in New Hampshire. Fulfill your promise over the campuses, God. Receive your glory, Father. Receive your glory, Jesus, God. Amen. Receive your glory, Release your word, God. Release your word, God. Receive your glory, Even if you don't have a heart for the campuses, it's about his glory. It's about that the Lord would receive his glory on the campuses. He promises to pour out his glory on all flesh. We just pray, Lord, pour it out over the campuses, Lord. Thank you. 
So after you guys press in with that, I want to encourage you now to pray for the local church, the churches of New Hampshire. We pray, God, that you would start to populate them with students. Lord, that students would no longer see themselves isolated from the church. But, Lord, I pray, God, that you love your church, God. You love your people in your church. So, Father, we say send them, God. We say send them the kingdom awaken, God. We say send, send them to pastors and shepherds, God to mentors, God, that are going to harness them, that are going to continue to mentor and disciple them, Lord. God, we lift up the church in New Hampshire, God. We thank you for the state of freedom, God, that your freedom reigns, Lord God, in New Hampshire, Father. And we say, Lord, send, send your students, God, to the churches, Lord. God, we pray, God, that you would give Barnabases to Paul's, Lord God, in this hour, Lord. God, those that are carrying the vision of God. Lord, we ask, God, that you would send encouragers their way, Lord God, to continue, God, to encourage them onward, to press on towards the goal, Lord. After you pray for the local church, now pray that a spirit of unity would compel us. Pray that a spirit of unity, would, that God would call his church together. He says, when I am lifted up, I draw all men to myself. So let's just pray that Jesus be lifted up over the campuses, that Jesus be lifted up over the congregations in New Hampshire. Lord, we pray, God, that you would start to connect pastors. God, that you would start to connect worship leaders. Lord, God, that you would start to connect your children, your sons and daughters, Lord, unto your glory. God, we say receive your glory in this hour, God. We say receive your glory, God, over New Hampshire in this hour, Lord. God, we pray John 17, God, that you would make us one, God, as you are one, Father. We say release your word, God. Yeah, it's just agreeing with heaven. The Lord has already spoken it. We're just coming into agreement with him right now. We're not moving on our own strength, but we're saying, Lord, you have spoken your word, and we agree, God. God, you have interceded in the throne rooms of heaven, and we say yes and amen in this hour. Yeah. Cool, God, we pray for alignment, God, spiritual alignment, God, for the church in New Hampshire. God, everything that you have spoken, God, over and into this state, God, we pray into the fulfillment of that. Lord God, we say align your church in this hour, God. Release your glory, God. Yeah, I just even see right now in the spirit students coming uh, into this place, just getting refreshed, coming into this place, just drinking of the Lord. So, Lord, we thank you, God, for times of refreshing. God, in your church, Lord, we thank you, God, for times of rest, God, that when students enter this place, 
that they would say, surely the spirit of the Lord was in that place. God, I pray, God, that they would be just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus. They would say, when we were in that place, our hearts, did our hearts not burn within us? God, we say, ignite hearts in this hour, Lord. Do what you love to do, Father. Yes, Lord. Yeah, even ask him if ask him for his heart in this time. Even if you may not understand what's happening, you may not understand why the campuses are important. You may not understand why why is this guy yelling about the campuses? Ask him for his heart. Say, Lord, show me your heart. God, show me what you desire to do. He's faithful to share. Thank you, God. God, we intercede for our brothers and sisters in this time, God. God, we pray, God, that you would start to raise up Joshua's on the campus, God. God, we thank you, God, for your authority going before the Lord. I just even speak the word that Paul spoke to Timothy. Let no one look down upon your youth. God, we pray, God, that they would be encouraged to rise up. Lord, I ask, God, that David's, God, and Daniel's, Lord, those that are willing not to abide by Babylonian culture, God, that would rise up, Lord God. God, we say raise them up right now, Lord. Awaken their hearts, God. So while we were praying, I saw two things. I saw, um, I got like X marks the spot, and I just saw God uh, sending out his spirit like a torpedo um, on students and campuses that were that were marked. Uh, for for his spirit to to land, um, and so we were praying that there would be more landing strips for his presence. And the other thing I saw was right over here, um, a wall, but it wasn't a wall like like you know the gates of Hades. It was a, a wailing wall, and it was, um, and I just felt like God saying um, that that there are people here who have stood in the gap, um, and and because of that. Like there, there has been like like this this monument of, of prayer that has been erected, um, and that has reached him, and he is answering now. He's he's pouring out his presence. He's bringing out revival um, because of that that monument of prayer um, that has been raised to him, and and because of those people who have stood in the gap. Um, so thank you guys, because I feel that was for this community as well. I agree with that. I even feel it's, it's significant that we're coming here. I feel like the Lord is doing this thing where he's connecting young and old. And uh, he's even connecting people of different racial lines. And so, Lord, we're just going to pray. Oh, my sister, sorry. You got a word. Oh. That's it. Um, I was praying, but not quite praying because I kept seeing um, this vision. I don't know if it would be a vision or something. Anyway, what I saw was this, um, like fire. And it was coming up out of the ground. And all I kept thinking is that the United States was founded with godly principles, all right? Harvard University was founded with godly principles. And we now have a president and a vice president running our country who are grounded in Jesus. And I really believe that if the people of Harvard, those brilliant kids that are there, they're the cream of the crop, 
if they can understand what it is to be united in Christ. And that spreads throughout the United States from that campus, from Washington, which isn't that far out of New England, um, this nation can't be stopped. And we will be united for once and for all. Amen. I don't know if you guys know this, but Drew Faust, the president of Harvard, is actually the great-granddaughter of Jonathan Edwards. So there is so much spiritual issue. There's actually, um, there's, there's students who were pastors in different parts of the nation that God has called them to go to Harvard. And they're actually being sent now to Harvard. And they're praying for Drew Faust that the Lord would awaken, up, awaken her to her spiritual destiny. Amen. I want to encourage all of you who minister at campuses because 33 years ago, you were my lifeblood because I got saved the summer before I went to college my senior year and I had nobody. And I didn't have internet back then. We didn't have Hillsong. We didn't have CDs. We didn't have nothing. We couldn't get. All I had was this faithful couple, old couple, who had us at a Bible study at their house. There was no InterVarsity on campus. There was nothing like that. I was in Plymouth State. And out of 3,000, it was 10 of us. But that song you guys sang tonight reminded me. It was something about the pure and the old. I'm trying to remember what it was. But it just was... God just reminded me that it's the word, and it was just prayer, and that's what we had. We had love from this couple. They put out a bowl of M&Ms, and they had us come to their house, and they just <laughs> loved on us and gave us the word. You know, it wasn't anything fancy. It's all these programs and everything. You think it's supposed to be fancy. All 10 of us still serve Jesus. We have gotten together every year. We're all saved now, all of us still, 33 years. A lot of you guys know my kids. Do not underestimate your foundations. Do stay in the word because you will see the fruits in your children with just a simple prayer. And we weren't spirit-filled back then, you know. This is a simple Baptist couple who was just faithful in the word. But never underestimate your love on a ca college campus because I had nobody. I, You know, we didn't have that back then where you could just have that contact. That They were all I had, and they were faithful. And I remember when I got really sick, and um, I had been with the kids for four years, but they didn't show up when I was in the hospital. Who showed up? I had these, <laughs> these 10 Baptist kids singing outside my hospital window at me. I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> you know, because I was the baby of the group. They had all walked with the Lord. They had come from Christian homes. So I just want to encourage you guys that I'm still walking with the Lord 33 years later, and I don't know what I would have done had I not had these Christian just simple prayer, reading, and loving on me at my campus. And I just want to encourage you guys that it makes a difference. I know I changed my life. That's good. I think it's probably a good idea that I share a couple things that I had, and then we can keep praying because it's just a, there's something on what was released to me last week was, was that scripture from... Um, Leviticus that I, I had shared, it's a fire shall always be burning on the altar and it shall never go out. And this is something the Lord woke me up with out of sleep at, at 4.18 in the morning. And I, I, I just took it and ran with it. And I, half the time when I get revelation, I don't understand what its purpose is. And then we're all here tonight and I realize what this is, is about, you know, rebuilding altars. And, and God wants us to continue to move in the oil and the anointing that he's called this, this region to. Because it, it's going to be, I believe it's going to be birthed out of, out of the region, right? And so 
Holy Spirit really wants to release something fresh for us tonight. And there, there is an oil and a fire that's, gonna, that's being released already, that's already being released all over the things that you guys are doing, that w- what we're doing, what the, what the regions are doing. But there is this fire that God is saying you must continue to move and continue to stoke and continue to feed and continue to build the fire, right? And so just a, just a couple scriptures that I got. Can I share a couple of things right now? And, and I think it's in, in light of what I don't want to disturb because I think God is stirring and moving on what, what's happening right now. So I don't want to miss that. But we're not in a hurry. Are we in a hurry? Okay. No, we're never in a hurry. I'm never in a hurry. So everyone's like, can I do this? Yeah, do that. Can I do this? So I'm just going to share a couple scriptures and then just release something. And then we can pray again and really because I believe God wants us to build. And some of us need to rebuild some things so that the fire, doesn't matter what hits the altar, doesn't matter what hits the altar, doesn't matter what conditions there are, you know, it doesn't matter where we live, doesn't matter the regions we live in, God wants to burn, and he wants to burn strong, and he wants to change, and then we're going to hear the abundance of rain, we're going to hear the revival the, the awakening that we've been believing for just be released in the atmosphere. Come on, if you, if you have a prophetic ear, you can already hear it. You know, we pray and we continue to believe, but God's already releasing that, right? And you're in the midst of it. You are. You're in the midst of it. You're in the, you're in the very center of what God's doing. And if I can get this thing open and go, I'll be good. But Holy Spirit, I just believe, again, that's Leviticus 6.13, and it continues to talk about the priesthood bringing fire, cleaning the ashes, cleaning the stuff that gets in the way, and bringing the fresh wood and igniting what he's about to do. And, um, and I feel like there's, there's something on preparing the place. So he's looking for how we prepare and care for the lampstands, right? For that very thing that burns within us. Right, And he says in Exodus 27, 20, you shall command the children of Israel that they will bring pure oil, pressed olive oil for light. And there's a pressing, right? And every, anyone in the room, it's been pressed. Come on, there's been conditions. And really the anointing flows out of pressure. And the anointing on your life, right, when God begins to birth a movement, right, whether it be the student movement or the, or the, the massive awakening that's going to happen in the earth, right, starting here. Come on, let it start here. Let's start it right here. Let us start right here, right in this heart right here, God. But it's about the conditions of our heart that we prepare a place that the oil will come. And when God has, we, sometimes we feel like we've been through hell. Come on, I've been through all this stuff, and what's going to come out of it? Good oil. Pure oil. Sometimes we go through things and God brings pressing and testing. That's what my brother was saying. You know, millennials like to, you know, one and done. We're in and out, you know. Come on. Back on Facebook, finding out what the next, you know, how do we go? There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a quicker way. No, sometimes it's just pressure. Sometimes it's just a pressing and a pressing in, and then all of a sudden the oil begins to flow and move. And sometimes it doesn't come in the easy and the glory time. Sometimes it comes out of the rough. I'm, I'm, I am praying. I am pressing in. And I believe there's grace. Come on, God can flow out of grace and out of a movement. But also there is a pressing. There's a, there's a pushing in. There's a rending of the heavens that God wants to bring so that the oil flows pure. What happens when pure, 
pure oil comes, lots of light. And when there's illumination, then all of a sudden the people begin to awaken. All of a sudden a whole generation can wake up. All of a sudden people, old people, wake up. All of a sudden just a whole bunch of folks just become awakened with an understanding that this is the gospel and this is the truth and this is what I want to do and this is how my life is going to be. So it says that the, you bring your pure oil, pressed olives for light, to cause the lamp to what? Continually burn. And this is the thing. It's not, it's about the, the not a sprint, right? You've heard that said. It's not a print, sprint. It's a marathon. And God wants us to run, but he wants us to run and finish the race like Paul said, right? He's, we forget everything that happened in the past and all the bad reports, and we move forward into the thing that God's called us to, and that is, come on, all of a sudden you see the light. All of a sudden you see the burning, and God will burn. God will burn on the campuses. I'll tell you why. Because the young uh, it's always going to come out of the younger generation. I'm sorry if that offends anyone. It's the truth. And I know we, we need the older generation to help and bring maturity and, you know, some guidance. But I'm telling you, I'm watching young people run past me. It's the truth. Because there's such a passion and a glory, and it doesn't take them 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Come on. They just, boom, they're right in. Come on, they're just praying. They're off and running. They don't wait around. Come on, they don't need someone to tell them what to do. And I'm telling you on the campuses, if we can get the campuses lit, if we can get the young adults lit, if we can get the youth lit, come on, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. Come on, get them lit. And they need to get lit on something else other than getting lit on. You're hearing me, right? And so the message is this, that we got to keep the fire of God burning in our hearts, right? That when God comes, he wants to release fire. And I'm going to show you right in the Old Testament because it's clear. It's very clear. He calls us to rebuild an altar. And I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go long. I'm going to give you a couple more. But he's calling that John the Baptist generation. You, come on, the oil is for the burning, shining lamp. And what did, what they, what did Jesus say? He said, John's this. Come on, he's a burning, shining lamp. And he came to prepare the way of the Lord. You know, and I didn't plan this. I knew that you guys were coming, but it all lines up. And how God does that is because just because he wants to. And so I, I really feel like the heart, our oil, we're going to be true carriers of light. Come on, there's been a lot of movement that there's not a lot of true light and not a lot of true oil on. But God's looking for the real deal to be released in the earth. And that would be you. Are you hearing me? That would be you. And tell your neighbor it's you, because if you don't believe you, someone else has got to tell you that. So, Holy Spirit, right? And it's a pure oil that sets you apart. And when you're set apart, right, John the Baptist was set apart. John the Baptist was the only baby filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, except for my kids. <laughs> Prophesy to Josiah Millam. He's the burning, shining lamp. And so you're a lampstand called to really release the glory of God in the earth, right? And so then the other thing that he calls us to, right, prepare the way, but he calls us to steward what we have. And that's what, that's what we're talking about tonight, right? Stewarding what we have so that we can move forward and see real fruit. Come on, real fruit and a real move of God. Because we can go on having church 
and really being concerned about us, me, and my, or we can get our vision outside of ourselves and begin to look on the outside and say, God's called us to this. And, and honestly, New England has such great destiny, it's crazy. It's like you're in the one place, you know, sometimes we look at New England and go, oh, is it going to happen here? Come on. It's ground zero, baby. It's ground zero for God to explode and begin to change things. Come on. And so just one, one more scripture, and then I'll hit this thing in, in Kings, and then we'll pray again. But protecting the oil and the condition of the altar. That's what we need to do. Protect the oil. Protect that which is already inside of you, the purity of it. And it says this, Exodus 30, verse 7, Aaron shall burn in it sweet incense, what, every morning when he tends the lamp. When did he tend the lamp? All around the crack of 10. No. Every morning. Come on. And when, Aaron's li when Aaron lights his lamps at what? Twilight. So he was praying, and the lights were burning, and the lamps were burning night and day, and day and night. And they never went out. And the lamp was always burning, and the movement was always happening, and the, the anointing oil was always ablaze. And let me tell you this. Ready? Only reason we burn out is because we've let the altar be destroyed. We've let it break down. We've left holes in it. And come on, I, I question myself sometimes. Why are you feeling like this? Well, the Lord says, go, look, go back and look at the first works. Come on, we want to be like the wise virgins, right? <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be running someplace. It says when the bridegroom came that their lamps were trimmed and ready. They had extra. Come on, the Bible says they had extra and they had more. And then there was foolish virgins, virgins that just said, all of a sudden they woke up and they were, yeah, come on, they were out of sorts. But the other ones were ready and waiting. And so that's the, that's the group, that's the company that we want to be, is the ones that are ready and waiting and, and, and all set and ready for the things to come. So that when the move of God comes, come on, it, it's not, it doesn't come as a surprise. And it's funny, I, we, I was kind of doing some, just seeing how many churches there were, and I'm thinking, man, there are a lot of churches around. And then I felt the Lord say, no, there's not enough. Because for what I'm about to do, there's not enough churches. There's not enough. Because if all of a sudden, all of a sudden we have this massive harvest of a billion souls, come on, if a, seven, if a, if a seventh or a sixth of the earth all of a sudden gets saved, what does that look like? What does that look like in the United States? A lot of us go to church, but we're not born again. We need to get born again and born again. Come on, again. And the Holy Spirit really wants to come in and blow a wind, but I'm telling you, there's broken altars that the, that the Lord wants to rebuild. I'm going to show you it right here with Elijah. And it comes out of uh, chapter, where am I? Chapter 18. It says, then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And you know, the, you know the story. It's where they were at meeting at the Mount, Mount Carmel, right? And it was a showdown. Prophets of Baal. And Elijah was like, man, you, Ahab told him, you aggravate me. And Elijah said, watch this. And so he began to build the altars. The, the, come on, 
the prophets of Baal were doing everything they could. <laughs> Sounds like what's going on right now. Doing everything they can. And the Holy Spirit's calling on a generation to do just this. Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people, verse 30, sorry, 1830. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord. He repaired it. Come on, that means it was broken down. And I'm telling you, when I, when I start to get in burnout mode, like, man, I don't got nothing going on. I got no juice. I got no fire. What's going on, Lord? He says, something's broken down. You let a hole, come on. You're not doing what you did. You're not fervent. You're not chasing me. I know it doesn't come by works, but I'm telling you it comes through. God will always respond to hunger. And he will always respond to pursuit. Always. And so it says that the altar was broken down, and then Elijah took 12 stones. Come on, that's apostolic. And according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come to, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built the altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench. Come on, and you know the story, right? He built the altar, and then he said he put the wood in order. There's little things that I just noticed in the story this week. Put the wood in order. Man, you got to put some things in order, and the Lord will ignite it. I'm telling you, when we put those things in order and we get our priorities straight and we get him, come on, in the, in the center of everything, when we put him in the middle and build everything around what he's about to do, then all of a sudden, come on, get ready for fire. Because it says then they, they dropped four buckets, and he said, come on, bring more. And they dropped four more. And then he said, come on, more. And again, we're back to 12 again with 12 buckets of water and an apostolic, come on, drenching, come on, trying to quench. Come on, but it's, it's a sign for the apostolic ignition. Come on, and there's an apostolic, come on, movement that's going to be released in these days. And we just got to believe it doesn't matter what conditions your wood looks like. If everything's in order and you're calling on the God of Elijah, to bring fire to the altar, he will ignite. Come on, you're filled with oil. Didn't the Lord tell you that you had rivers of living water inside of you? Come on, you can't ever get rid of it. You, as, so, as long as you buy in, come on, as long as you're in, as long as you're awakened, as, as long as you live a life with the power and the presence of God, come on, the glory of God in you, the hope of glory is inside of you. And so you are, you are ready and equipped, you just got to move, right? And then you call upon. So he did it the third time. And then the water ran all down the altar and so filled the trenches of water, right? And then it says this, that the, all of a sudden he called upon the name of the Lord and he ignited the thing. He just blew it up. And the Lord is, is about to do that. It, and again, it does not matter what it looks like. On the outside, and I think the church is so conditioned to look at conditions. Oh, things aren't happening to me because of A, B, C, D. No. Come on. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. If you call on him, he's always near. Come on. He never goes anywhere, and he's ready to blow and blow that wind, and the fire will be released on that which you've, the sacrifice that you've given. And some of us think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 
suffering for Jesus. No. Come on. God is going to ignite that. I'm telling you, he responds to sacrifice. He responds to hunger. It's not out of works that any man should boast. But I'm telling you, there's this thing about he, he gives the hungry food. Come on, he gives the thirsty water. And if we just hunger and thirst in a way that we just pull on heaven a little more, I'm telling you, it said that that fire came from heaven and blew that thing up. And I'm telling you, in the, in the days that we're in, this is where we stand. I'm telling you, we're right in the center of this, that God, come on, I was talking about that with the old Branham meetings, where they would pray, and the worship was going up, and then the fire from heaven they would see from the outside. People thought they were, the buildings were on fire. Come on, that was, that was Azusa Street. And boom, that was John G. Lake, I'm sorry, outside with, with um, William Seymour, watching it. That the heavens opened and the fire came down on the building manifest presence and so we can believe that for harvard come on you can believe that for unh you can believe that for j-hop and hilltop and ka come on just believe and i know he's going to answer by fire and it says this all of a sudden he yelled to ahab after this whole scenario and says listen i hear the sound of the abundance of rain and that's where we stand it's going to rain it's not a matter of will it rain, it's when. And so we go back to this whole thing. Come on, let's turn it all around. God wants to rebuild an altar. You guys have built an altar. Come on, it's the house of prayer. They're building an altar. They're building it. They're to, they're, come on, they're, they're doing it. And come on, with this same, you know, it's the same in any church. God's asking for all of us to rebuild something in our lives so that we can see the God of heaven release power glory and shift and change and something's going to happen and you just need to believe that so i don't know where we want to go from here let's just let's just let's stand again let's come on join together and we're just going to really activate we're going to bring it into you for a minute and then we're going back to the next i'm just going to Pray something over you, and then I think we need to just get back to just, if you want to do declaration or whatever that looks like, maybe Collins, you want to just come help on the piano or something, help us? You don't have to. Come on, man. Yeah, he has to. I guess my wife says you have to. So I'm just going to release that, just the rebuild and God just beginning to pour oil over us in ways that we haven't experienced before. And then we get on the outside. Come on. We'll bring it in for a minute, but then we get back out. We just begin to pray for the region again. Pray for the campuses, whatever that looks like, okay? But this is an open mic. That means you don't sit here. Come on. We try this every now and then. But All right. So just reach up to heaven. Come on. Father, we just thank you so much how you do stuff. We thank you how you lock things together. We thank you how you fabricate us and put us together. And Lord, I just ask that you just release a grace on everyone in this room tonight. That there would just be power, anointing. Lord, put everything. Lord, as we rebuild. Come on, some of us need to just rebuild our prayer lives. 
God just, there's just going to be a grace in here tonight for that. So Father, just release that. That Father, you just help us to rebuild the altars, set everything in order, and then ignite it. Father, just ignite it right now. Lord, bring us into prayer places that we haven't been. Bring us into secret places that we haven't been. Lord, let us be consumed with who you are and your purposes, that we get so into you that we get so outside of ourselves. So, Father, I thank you for the fire of heaven being released in here tonight. We thank you for Matthew, Allegra, and the whole crew tonight. Father, just release grace, peace, open doors. Father, I pray that there would be an ease on everything that they do, Father. I pray you just bring provision, that you open up things, doors they never thought you could. Let there be no door closed to them on any campus. Lord, we pray for the spirit of unity that they would carry that as their mantle, that it would be contagious. And we thank you, Father. We thank you. I pray that every bit of pressure that we've received, Father, would just begin to show up in oil in our lives. Lord, I pray that every lamp in this room would grow brighter and brighter and brighter, that there would be a white light that actually we would carry that would be visible to those around us, that it would attract, and Lord, it would break darkness in Jesus' name. It's so funny that uh, as Pastor was sharing, the, the Lord was just reminding me of a dream he gave me, a prophetic dream about oil. And uh, I, was, I was sleeping at night, and I had a dream that I was in a room, and, I was, and there was a lady in a room searching all around the room. And I came in the room, and she looked at me, and she says, do not let the empora leave your household. And what empora means in the Greek, it was a, it was a vase that they used to hold oil. And she was basically saying, do not let the intimacy of the Lord leave your household. As, as Pastor is saying, I really believe that oil is intimacy with the Lord. That he says, I, there's an invitation that I want to give you oil that you would continue to burn. Because we can't burn aside from intimacy. We can't continue to burn from the Lord if we don't know his heart. So I just even pray right now, God, that you would release your oil in this place, God. God, we ask, God, that even as it was said, God, when the prophet, God, went to uh, the, the, the widow's house, Lord God, that he said that you will pour oil into every jar, to every jar is full. So, Lord, we even pray that blessing, God, in this place tonight, God. God, that as my brothers and sisters are laboring in this region, God, we say, God, let K.A. have oil to pour into every vessel, God, that comes into this room, God. We pray for every vessel that comes in, God, that they would be filled with the intimacy of God. So, Lord, we thank you, God, for your invitation in this hour, God. We say we agree, God. Pour out your oil, Father. Pour out your intimacy, God. Yeah, I just even say receive it. Receive the oil of intimacy. 
receive the oil of intimacy. God, we want to continue to burn on the altar. Lord, we pray, God, that bonfires would begin to start, Lord God, in regions. Lord, we thank you, God, from places where they said nothing's going on there. Lord, as it's been said about New England, nothing's happening. Lord, I thank you, God, that New England is no longer going to be a byword to the nations. That, Lord, you're going to start to release fire, God, in communities. God, like K.A., God, you're going to start to release fire in houses of prayer across New Hampshire. Lord, we pray, God, that these houses of prayer and these churches will continue to burn for your glory, God. God, we thank you for your oil, Lord. We thank you for your sweet presence of intimacy, Lord God. We say, let your will be done, Father, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, it was so uh, interesting. The pastor was talking about the altar, and it reminded me one of the things that the Lord has been talking to me is that in order for fire to fall, there must be a sacrifice on that altar. And we rebuild our prayer lives, but ultimately for that fire to fall, we ourselves have to offer ourselves as living sacrifices to the Lord. And um, one thing, just praying over KA today, I felt it was a Luke 18 breakthrough moment, you know, where they said, will, will you not provide justice, will God not provide justice for those that have um, prevailed with him day and night? And I just felt the pleasure of God over this place that what has been going on here, the Lord is hearing these prayers day and night. So I just, I'm just going to pray into that. So Lord, I just ask God that we would rebuild the, the stones, we would rebuild the altar, and ultimately, Lord, we would give ourselves as that sacrifice, Lord, for your fire to fall. So Lord, we just ask God that we would give ourselves freely, God. We would give ourselves freely, Lord, that you would burn away. You would crush, Lord, our own selfish desires, Lord. You would begin to crush our own our own motives, but Lord, it would be all for your glory, that pure oil, Lord God. Let us give ourselves freely as, as sacrifices, Lord. And Lord, I ask for, for, for other ministries like KA that they would continue to learn how to burn day and night, Lord. Burn until that breakthrough comes, Lord. That when you ask, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on this earth? Lord, that you would find ministries like this place faithful, God. You would begin to find us faithful. So Lord, I ask that you would begin to release just a spirit of, of selfless sacrificial love and just release a spirit of just persevering prayer that Lord we are here that you would you would consume us with this one vision God that we would continue to burn we would continue to intercede until that day comes until that breakthrough comes so Lord we just ask you to just release something in this place today <laughs> 